Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Tom, are you ready? Tom, are you ready? Been a half hour, mate. You know that. I'm not your mate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of our weekly podcast. I'm David Flatman. I'm Thomas Shanklin. Okay, Tom. Yeah, good, Dave. You're right. I'm all right. To watch Dave. That's what I'm going to call you now. To watch Dave. I'm like two Jags. Yeah. Was it John Prescott that had two Jags? Was it? Um, you like Joey Essex? Does he wear two watches? And he wears one on his ankle as well. Is it? Yeah. I need to get a new level. Uh, right. We've got a special guest. Um, let's do. Let's introduce. Well, we our thought we'd, guest. we thought we'd bring a special guest because last week's pod was so appalling, Mersey. Um, primarily, <laughs> we've, done, we've done two crap pods actually primar- primarily because Dave was very hungover in his pants oh. with a quilt and just didn't want to be there I was trying to give the energy but we went down to see Justin nothing. Harrison uh, in the south of France and we had a couple of wines over dinner and the next morning I had to do a podcast and oh, it wasn't great it wasn't great so apologies it's organic listeners. wine which apparently doesn't give you a hangover but anyway our, our special Can you guest introduce? our special guest is um, former well, not former Bath legend, Bath legend, former Bath rugby player and hooker, someone with whom I played from the age of 17 all the way through to in our 30s, 42 caps for England, British and Irish lion, Lee Mears. Thank you very much, boys. 200 and how many games for Bath? 268, just a couple more than Barnsley, which will probably oh, really rile him. Perfect. The thing is, with Dave Barnes, I mean, he, he started loads of games, didn't he, before I got there. And then he had 180 appearances off the bench when I was there. So, um, and he's not here to defend himself. So, yeah, Barnsley played a lot, and you, but you played more. Yes, yeah, and I think Banners had the chance to overtake me, uh, and then I think he disappeared to Gloucester. He chased the Yankee dollar. <laughs> he chased it exactly. Um, so, welcome, Lee. Oh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, can you explain to us where we are? Well, yes. we know we, we know where we are. So, why don't we explain well, to I'm, listeners? Yeah, well, that's I'm. I'm part of the listener brigade, mate, because right. I listen to it. I'm not you, mate. Us listeners. 
Well, today I thought I'd bring you, so that Flats wasn't late, I'll bring you about 200 metres. Uh, obviously, he's super famous now, isn't he? So I'm not allowed to disclose where he lives. But um, Come on. Shanks told everyone where I live anyway. <laughs> so basically, I thought, you know, he, he can't, how can he be late? Broadmoor. We're about 200 metres from his house. So we are up at Bath Racecourse. Uh, but more importantly, I thought we'd, I'd bring you to somewhere and we'd support... Um, a fellow rugby player. This is Alex Popham's new business venture, Ooh. Pub 15. Yes. Yep. Heard and about it. Yeah. And uh, so do you want me to fill you in a bit, a bit of that? Or? Please do, mate. I'd love to fill him in. <laughs> right. Yeah, go on. Fill us in, pig. So uh, Hub 15 is part of, <laughs> part of uh, like I say, Alex Popham's new empire. He's trying to create, recreate the values of rugby um, and business. So by having a hub community with the, the themes of, uh, of sports where business guys can come together. They can hang out in a really cool place yeah. like Bath Racecourse. You can see the view, although poor listeners can't. The sun's shining. Beautiful. And, uh, and, and sort of share business ideas. So businesses can book rooms here if they want to have meetings, seminars, anything they want. Something different to potentially outside their office or if they don't even have an office. They can come here. Hot desk, is that what yes. they call it? Yeah, hot desk in shared workspace, co-working space where you've got um, you know great areas to operate from, but you can also book rooms um, and, and different areas. Do you reckon Hub 15 could extend to like the Punch and Judy in Covent Garden? Because I reckon on that balcony, that'd be a brilliant <laughs> place to work on <laughs> Weirdly, Tommy, weirdly, I had lunch opposite the Punch and Judy in Covent Garden yes, just yesterday. Knew you would. Just yesterday. Fine dining, loves fine dining. But this is this is sort of turning sports clubs into business hubs, isn't it? Yeah. Have just, you read that, boy? <laughs> I'm just reading it on a bit behind you. Um, and, and for people that want to book this and want to see what Hub 15 is about, it's www.hubxv.com. XV obviously is Roman numerals for 15. Well done. And basically it is a cool, actually not little, cool big workspace at the Bath Racecourse, which is actually an easy place to get to. It's the highest racecourse in the UK in terms of altitude. Um, I've just been, I'm going to wander around. I've seen um, Drybuild have sponsored the finish line. I've just texted Lee Byrne to see if he's here because he's part of Drybuild. Oh, he's Drybuild, isn't he? He said he's not. Um, He said, oh, you want a speed awareness course. (laughs) (laughs) So there's other fun stuff that happens here as well. Yeah. So that's four hours of your life. You'll never, ever get back. Oh, God. And the thing is about a speed awareness course, they could do it in an hour. They take four. They could do it in one hour. If only they sped it up. It wasn't actually a joke, but they could literally do it an hour. The killer for me is the is the older gentleman that literally wants you to tell wants to tell his story about yeah. I was driving at thirty two and yeah. you're like, mate, this is slowing the course down. We this don't care, Giza. No. We don't care. No one cares. It's like it's like when you go on social media and I love social media, as you well know, and you guys like it too, I'm sure, but you go on and say something like really peed off because my train's late or I'm in traffic. No one cares, mate. Or you say something no like No one cares. The Farrell tackle was legal. No one cares. Yeah, Shanks. Um, <laughs> exactly. No. I'm actually. I'm, I'm working down in um, in Twickenham next week um, in a pub. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Not sure where it is though. It's called the Farrell Arms. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find them. Very good. Well done, mate. Um, I'm not. But in, ter- in terms of the whole, before we move on from the Bath Racecourse Hub 15 thing, a couple of fascinating observations. Firstly, about Alex Popham, former Welsh international who set this thing up. 
Uh, good bloke. Two things I remember about Popham. One was that we might have done it on the pod before. We have. One was that um, I heard years ago that he bought a couple of houses in Newport and was renting them out during the Ryder Cup and making an absolute fortune. He's fucking raking it in, but he's raking it in, is what I heard. And then the Audi Coupe. He told me at the Under-21s World Cup at the airport and he was like, um, what car you got then, Flats? I was like, oh, I've got a, whatever, I had a diesel Mondeo from Sarri's at the time. Just got myself an oldie coupe. Lush it is. And then Gary Powell saying, no, you haven't, pop No, you haven't. That's your mother's, that is. Not, it's mine. He's like, lives in a, and Gary Powell's like, he lives in a council house and drives his mother's oldie coupe. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's on holiday at the moment, actually. That's why he can't be here. He's in South Africa, I think. He looks like he's always on holiday or he's got a sunbed in his house. Hold on, no, he looks like Donald Trump. Yeah, that's also yeah. true. That's also true. With his hair at the moment. Um, and a couple of race course based um, tales from the past is that I live very close to here and I've walked my dogs here for a long time. Essentially, this is your garden, yeah? Yeah, I call it the garden. Um, and my dogs, I mean, I would say, looking out where we are, there are at least 100 poos out there from my animals alone um, looking out on the race course. So sorry to all the horses. I do pick them up, of course I do. But once, this might be. TMI, but it's a big old race course. If you're going to do the whole, if you're going to go around the whole perimeter of the whole property, it's a, at, your, at the far, furthest point, you're a long way from your car. And it's a fat burning session. Ca- it is, it's cardio, yeah. but then consequently, you're a long way from your toilet. Oh no. But I got, you I, blame the dog, did you? I've been caught short on the race course. I've done a wildie. What do yeah. you use? Sock? No, what I do, what, what I do is I. Always carry three bits with you, do you? <laughs> three bits of toilet paper. One up, one down, and one to polish. <laughs> no, I just got take all my clothes off and sit. <laughs> Ring the bell and go, Mum! Mummy, finished. And when I'm finished, I sit on a, I go to a patch of long grass and I sit down on it with my legs out in front of me and I tie two dogs. I tie both leads around my ankles and then around the dogs. And I say, fetch them, fetch them. And the dogs just run and pull me away. And it wipes my bum on the grass as they pull me along like a sled. No wonder one of your dogs <laughs> tried to leave you and moved to Kent. Yeah, I know. Still reckon he got nicked. Yeah. Anyway, Maisie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. What are you up to? Uh, You're I, looking very dapper. Oh, why, thank you. I've uh, been at a real uh, real work this morning before I joined you. What? Boys. You what? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I know. Flats doesn't. Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, so I've been very busy, um, and then it's obviously Autumn Internationals time. Yes. What is, what is what is real work, though? Tell so, us what your job is. Yeah, so I'm an exec coach nowadays. Um, I coach um, people, leaders of industry and sport um, in their in their in their field, their own field, to to be the best that they can be. Really, um, building teams. Um, I coach them on themselves yeah. um, and, and how they make a, a positive impact on themselves, their environment uh, uh, and the companies that they work for. So how does that manifest itself? Do you, you get a call from, I don't know, your boss or someone at your company and they say, we have been instructed to do some exec coaching for Smith's tarmacking and you go into Smith's and you meet Bob Smith and you chat with him or her for an hour and Bob could be a woman and you chat with them for an hour and then you say this is what I think or do you have an observation period or a model that you work to or how does it work? Yeah, it's, um, it's so generally work will either come from uh, the company that itself that I work for, the Preston Associates. So they will um, we will be on a preferred suppliers list for, for certain companies or the wonderful thing about rugby and the family network 
is you get uh you know you get to meet the the leaders of industry um and then generally you will have um a brief from hr so they will uh, be looking to to get better at, you know they're, they're seeking promotion they're at the top of their game um and you know they, they want someone to talk it through issues with um but you'll get that brief um you'll then meet them so sometimes they'll get given a panel of three or four uh people to meet coaches and they'll decide because it's all about chemistry who do you want to chat to who do you want to think that you can work with who's going to you know prod and poke you um in the in the best way and then you get selected and then from there it's probably a a, we work on a six um session journey to begin with um where you work for six three-hour sessions and you start to delve into into their world and uh and see you know see where they are so it's mostly for the individual it's not for the like the team it's mostly how can so the exec we call him be more efficient him how can her, how, yeah, him or her, her. Can, can he can Pig. they um, manage their life and work balance and everything like that yeah i mean we work um we work individual and we work um teams as well so okay. um for instance i was looking at one the other day who has uh, he's just been promoted to a, a foreign country um, and then it's about how do you land, how do you make the impact as quick as possible, what do you want to be known for, um, and you know, and how how do you interact with your team? So sometimes it's just you know what we're like, you know, we yeah. we keep everything inside in our head, and sometimes it's just to have someone yeah. to talk to and and also to hold you to account. But I watched All or Nothing on Premier on Amazon Prime, okay, and I did the Man City documentary on there, which is fantastic, and Pep, the the Man City manager. He had someone very similar to that by his side, and now his it was his one of his best friends. But he helped him manage his life and his work. and And this guy's background was from he was uh, I think he was a gold medal winner in water polo, and had a massive successful career. But that was his sort of confidant. That was his guy that sort of helped him through all the dark times, all the bad times, and and just I don't know really just helped him really manage a team and, and not lose control and not lose his mind. I, mean, I suppose, that, is that something similar that potentially you would do? Yes, yeah, that's something, um, it, it's definitely an area. And I think, it, you know, I was lucky enough to be coached, which is how I found exec coaching out of um, out of rugby. And, and it is something I wish that I'd have had whilst I was yeah. playing. Because you see all the stuff now around mental health coming out and, you know, coaching can help in that regard but it can also you know I mean, the other side of it that businesses are finding is that when we played rugby if you wanted to get faster you saw a coach yeah if you wanted to get stronger you had a coach you wanted to you know eat the right nutrition and you had a coach so coaching is becoming uh, you know very uh very powerful it happens in sport to a certain degree we obviously neglected the more the the mind coaching side yeah. of stuff um and business is, is, is very hot on it as well now. But it, was, it was a lot to do with stress as well, you know, just keeping Pep, trying to keep him stress-free because obviously a very yeah. stressful job the higher up you go. Um, but it's brilliant though, you know, he, he was the last person that gave him a hug at the end um, before they went out for games and stuff. Oh, it really? Was, it was really good. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. But I, I remember, Pink, yeah. oh, by the way, uh, listeners at home, um, I don't call Lee Mears, Lee or Mears, I call him Pig, Piglet. <laughs> Um, because he used to snuffle for truffles when he played because he was, you know, close to the ground. Yeah. Um, so, so 
Pig, I remember having a conversation with you a few years ago now. We were going to do a lunch together or something and we were speaking. I think it was about, it was started off as work-life balance, but actually it ended up talking about what is your version of success? What what does success and happiness mean to you? And I remember that being a really interesting conversation. So if you can you give us a little bit on that? Because happiness or success, whatever it was, can they're similar things, aren't they? Can can mean very different things to different people, can't they? Yeah, and and again, this is what I love about the the coaching is that you're sat with the individual and you we use a technique called holding up the mirror. So you ask someone, what does success mean for them in five years, ten years? Um, you know, some really deep questions around. Um, you know, what, what do you want your family or kids to, to, to say about you? And uh, and once you start to get into that side of things, people don't always look that far. We get bombarded, don't we? We get day-to-day life, you know, it's hitting us, and then we chase shiny things, and, and sometimes we sort of lose sight of where we're actually trying to get to. And as athletes, it was fine, wasn't it? It was about mm. winning on the weekend. It was about playing for your country. Yeah. Uh, and when you come out of that, uh, especially as sports guys, but also in the business world, is there's so, you sort of, you hear it in the business world, getting to silos and in, in sport, you sort of, you find yourself a bit lost. So it's one of the conversations I really like to have about, you know, what is it we really, you know, what's the mark we want to leave on the world? A bit deep, Dave, but yeah. that's what, what, what I, I mean, about. What do you reckon your kids would say about you, Flats, that he liked to cook a lot, a lot of meat? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually know what my kids say about me. Yeah, no, I wouldn't is, repeat it either. Which <laughs> is, Daddy eats too much meat, and Daddy never comes. This is this is that's a funny one. This one isn't that funny. Which one of them said the other day, Daddy, you never come to special things with us, okay. special occasions with us. And actually, that would either that would hit me hard if it was true. But actually, it's balls. So I said that's no, not true actually because I miss I missed fireworks Monday night fireworks is what I missed. I was like, this school play, that, give me the last five special things. Give me hockey, give me cross cut, give me all this stuff. I've been at all of those things. I'm missing one thing and suddenly I never go to anything. <laughs> yes. And like this Friday night, we're, Shanks and I are going to, we got a very early start in Twickenham on the, an 8.30 start or something in Twickenham. So we're travelling up the night before and staying in a hotel in Twickenham. And I am going to go to a concert, watch my girls sing at, the Abbey on Bar- and Bath and leave Bath about nine o'clock when they're in bed on Friday night. So another, you know, another tick in the box. Admittedly, I'm gone for four days after that, but you your know, like your life sort of reminds me a little kids. bit of Robin Williams in, in Hook, the film Hook, you know, where he doesn't do anything with his kids. He misses Jack's baseball and then yeah. they go to Neverland and he realizes that he's Peter Pan because Rufio starts on him basically. And, oh, and then this. he, uh, and then he comes back and he's a better dad. So, Go, Maybe, and, yeah. go to Neverland. I mean, after this podcast, I'm going home, I'm walking my dogs, and then I'm going to the shop to buy my kids' favourite meal, which is chicken fajitas, and we're going to make fajitas after school. I was joking, mate. You don't so, have to justify yourself. And up yours, yeah? Yeah. Um, but I, you, morning, I, t- I take them to school, and everyone's like, I love the school run. No, the school run is hell. <laughs> it's a nightmare. I'll do it in the morning. So, eh, you're lying. I'll do the school run. Christ, it's painful, but... Don't bring them into it. But I will, But I will. you know, smile and How's really your week been? Um, have, you yeah. forgot, have you forgotten what Five, you've done this week? Yeah, what have I done? Yeah, it's so good actually. I mean, because it's International Weekend, it's um, it's it's interesting. I always say it's interesting, and Shanks is like, no, it's not. We'll decide. Or it's funny. It's funny. Well, it's funny because what what is interesting, whether you like it or not, is uh, and it might not be, is that if you are a what did you, you do in the week, mate? 
senior international. Shut up, Shane. You're a senior international. <laughs> you get. No, I'll tell you what I did. He's like a politician. Get, he just no, no. answers the question he wants. I could just list. All right, I'll just list off what I did. No, I'll just list it. I'll read my calendar for what you. If you what want. have you been up to, boy? Um, it's interesting you should say that because. Went to France with you, see Justin Harrison. People know about that. It's Halloween, so I went trick or treating. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. What character did you guys fest up? Please tell me you were on Confest. Oh, I, no, I went as just me and the kids dressed up. But we got loads, loot, looted a load of like posh houses in Bath. We got did loads. No money. No one gave us any money. What's the point? No one so, gives money the Halloween. I know, man. I was joking. Trick or treating was really good fun. I enjoyed that. I saw the kids dressed up. Looked lovely. Yeah, lovely cool, lovely stuff. And then on, you know, I went to the gym Friday, did not a lot Friday. I had the girls Thursday, Friday. So we just chilled. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I just had the girls because it's half term. Yeah. And my wife goes to work. So we had really chilled few days. We got the bus into town. We did some fancy dress stuff for Halloween. We went to their favorite place for lunch. Um, we made their favorite little meals at home, made some biscuits, which we ruined. Um, Is that a vegetarian restaurant in protest to your... Something like that, yeah. (laughs) But then we, you know, did gymnastics routines uh, in the basement, which... I'm not great at, but I can lend quite a lot in terms of lifting. Do the crab. Can you do the crab? I can't do anything, but I can lift them, and they like the lifts. Yeah. So I do all the lifts. So we did loads of that. Um, They did my nails for me, clipped my nails for me. Um, Friday, Saturday? I like having absolute children uh, clip my nails um, because they're ruined now. They're in in awful shape. So I'm just telling you what I did. And on Saturday, I hosted, with Ugo Monia, I hosted um, the Quilter Suite at Twickenham because they sponsor the Autumn Internationals and it is actually a really good crack really really good fun and we we ripped into a couple of the guests for asking ridiculous questions wearing ridiculous clothes we had George Cruz and Ben Youngs come up after the game for a nice. chat and they just they're just those two you don't know who you're going to get until about five minutes before they arrive and then the lady comes over Viv who runs the whole thing at Twickenham and she's like you know Viv Brown yeah, being the yeah. team manager she's legend she comes over and she's like, you've got Cruiser and Youngsy. And you're like, awesome, because they are top blokes who can laugh at themselves, who can have yeah. fun. Um, ben Youngs is like the ultimate in a situation like that because he's so honest. He's so nice. Um, and yeah, it was really, really good fun. And we we ripped into a few people and had some nice food and a couple of glasses of wine watched the rugger. It was... I was Ugo looking like Uber Dapper. Is there a better dressed bloke? No. no. The thing is with Ugo, he can wear... He doesn't wear crazy gear he wears really good gear mm. that he's really thought about and he looked amazing he looked properly amazing like and you sort of put that gear on us and it would look nothing like that would but he's, it? I'm, I'm wearing black jeans and a black t-shirt now and black and he was wearing basic what i'm wearing now and he looked amazing and i looked yeah. like midlife crisis <laughs> like paul hollywood in his motorbike leathers <laughs> embarrassing but it was really really good fun and then um i stupidly i was, I was meant I was not stupidly. I was meant to go to uh, Ros and Jim's wedding reception. So two friends of mine. I was meant to go, and I even you mentioned took, them last week. Yeah, that you took, randomly bumped into and stayed in touch. Yeah. And they're lovely people. Luckily, they're coming to our live pod this Saturday morning okay. in Twickenham. But I basically had to file some copy, which means write articles and stuff. And you had to get it done by a certain time after the game. And I'm so I'm basically I'm sitting in my car at Twickenham. And I'm doing, I'm writing this article and I was like, I'll quickly bang this out. And it's like, no, no, we need you to write on this because he's already writing on this. So you've got to do this, this and this. So I'm there until 10 o'clock, half nine, 10 o'clock at Twickenham in the car park, writing an article in my car. Yeah. Glamour. Then I was like, I can't go to a wedding reception now because I've got to drive home to Bath. I'm back at the stoop on the Sunday morning. I'm like, why am I driving home to Bath? But it was so that I could see my kids in the morning because I'm yeah, away yeah. a bit. 
So I literally drive home, get home at stupid o'clock, middle of the night, straight to bed, up again at seven with the kids. And then at 10 o'clock, I'm back in the car driving to the stoop to do the Prem Cup. Wow. So it's kind of like that. That was silly. I should have stayed up on Saturday night, but I missed the wedding reception and I had to say my apologies. So they told everyone you were coming as well. Can do no, a fantastic I don't suppose speech. they made any difference, but they're lovely people and I wanted to go. But I've got literally got a bottle of champagne in my car for them that I didn't manage to get to them. Paul Roger? Yeah. So Lovely drop. Yeah. Talking of Sunday, something you missed as well, which, uh, which is very, very rare, is Ollie Barkley was outshone in the body stakes because we were at strength and depth at Bath University. Oh, yeah. And all of the, uh, the CrossFit athletes were uh, competing in a team event. So it's not often that all... Come second best. No, in the body terms. Oh, my goodness. Lads. Yeah. Were you, do, were you doing CrossFit? No, I, I, I do love a bit of CrossFit, but this yeah. is a, a competition that... Um, that one of our one of the guys who runs the CrossFit gym in Bath. It gets a up. hard time, doesn't it? Because you know people think you know other people just do CrossFit because they've got no mates, but it's not yeah. true. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> it's a team good. event. Shanks. It's good. It's yeah. Yeah. you know you're doing circuits essentially, aren't you? I, I actually I think it's probably the best the best all round for exercise. You can do a bit yeah. of strength, bit of conditioning, as long as you know how to lift properly. Yeah, you got that's the, the only thing. But like, yeah. but you don't always have to do Olympic lifts. You know, you can substitute them for something a lot more technically simpler. Yeah. And if you walk into a gym, not just a CrossFit, but any gym, and the trainers say to you, "You're doing like they say to me, you're doing a power clean or a clean and jerk," and I can't do that stuff because no. my... you can do prowler or you can do like sandbag. Lifts. Yeah, but if I, there are things I can't do because my shoulders and elbows are ruined and stuff. And they're just like, yeah, cool, do this. Or if you want to do that, just jump onto a box and down again. It's like, they, if there's any pressure to do things you don't want to do, you're in the wrong gym. So, so anyway. Bar- Barkley came off second best. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. There were some good rigs uh, parading around. CrossFit bodies are jokes, mate. Oh, they're jokes. And some of the women are units. Absolutely. Some of the men are as well, but I'm just not used to seeing women that like, yeah. such units. It is a type of body, though, isn't it? You can yeah. tell by, you know, if everyone was naked. You could tell, you know, they yeah. were more so CrossFit than they would be, say, in a, I don't know, a health club gym. Yeah, you know, it's it's a certain look, isn't it? Massive abs, they're all they're all in proportion, bulbous basically. abs kind yeah. of thing, big quads. And I got to say, I likes it. <laughs> <laughs> right, tell your story now that you're going to say because I feel what bad. What story now? You before we, I just ripped into you about what was your week. You're going to say it's something interesting. Oh no, it's just it's in, what is what I find interesting is that I. I now get to Six Nations, World Cups, Auckland Internationals, and it's a busy time for me. And when you look back, I was not, okay, I played for England a couple of times, but I was not a serious international player. I was a club player who got a couple of caps. And it's quite an interesting one. Eight. So, yeah, so it's like... it Bloody four couples, that is. Well, yeah, but it's, but it's you know, it is quite... It's quite... Um, I don't know, I automatically assume these are going to be busy times. And then you think, well, actually... Um, keep a lid on that because then you know someone like a Joe Marler quits playing for England and actually five years from now he could be the person that's doing what I'm doing so it's quite it's quite interesting it's like yeah it's really no busy way, it's mate. autumn and it's like mate I've only got eight caps so how, no way yeah, why but, am you, I, you know. but you I suppose what you do you do a lot of hosting okay? yeah so it's not always I'm not a special guest not always asking your opinion but you're keeping it all together yeah but also like you know Friday Saturdays are basically taking over you know come autumn internationals it's yeah. not always in the week is it? It's what? It's not all. You're not always busy in the week, but no, come no, weekends. No, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, and we just uh, Sarah Moon who, uh, here at Hub Fifteen. She's a friend of mine and um, Piglets, and she 
So Sarah, who just met Tommy yep. and guys you don't know her at home, but she's oh, a friend she said above. you were a rascal. Yeah, rascal. We've known each other a long time. She's great, and she just said as we arrived, you know, I wondered, do you ever see your kids? Are you ever at home? Because I see you on social media, and it's like, yeah, but that's Insta sham. Yeah. Like, I'm at home loads. Like next that's week, I think I've got of... four straight days at home, and you know, I've got best part of the week after that off. December's half dead. January's dead. Yeah, it's lovely. It's just there are times that oh, it's peak times, isn't it? Like you got it, yeah. is, it is busy now, and it's work. Yeah. So it's like, do you want? I enjoy my work, but do you want to pay your mortgage or not? <laughs> yes, I will, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd like work. to pay that, please. We got one of those letters through the other day, Pig, where it's like, if the interest rates stay where they are, your mortgage rate will stay where it is. If they go up by 1%, this is what your mortgage will cost every month. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And my kids are like, you never come to anything special with us. I was like, yeah, I'm not coming to anything for the next five <laughs> years. Like, I'll see you in five years. I've got to go to work, mate. Like, Shanko, uh, what have you done this week? Well, um, so what well, have you been up to this I, week, Mizzy? Um, <laughs> Hang on, Tommy. I covered, I covered, no, someone asked me that. I don't know who it was. I covered, uh, I can't remember the game now, Ospreys Glasgow on Friday night with big Jim Hamilton. Yep. Who was very hungry before the game and went into a chip shop and had one of everything, basically. I worry about his body, though, do you? He had a battered sausage. He had a He had a what? Fish. Yeah, he had chips and that wasn't enough. So he had a pie and he stunk of like grease. But yeah, after. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So cover the game with that. Glasgow, really good. Way too good for the Ospreys. Played with a load of pace. No matter who they got in at, at 10, they were just, you know, whether they've got Horn, whether they've got Hastings, they had a guy called Thompson in. Um, phenomenal. Great team. Well coached. Dave Rennie, big bloke as well. Didn't realize how big he was. So actually, you're up against him um, in a nightclub. No, um, post match. And then on Saturday, we had um, probably about 130 people in the locker room in the Marriott Hotel. Big Jim again. He said, what's the dress code? I said, black tie. <laughs> Standard. Guess who comes in a black blazer? Did he? Oh, yeah, really? black jeans. Have some of that. Black school shoes. That's um, when he doesn't know, does he? He's, he's not sure, so he's hedging his bets. He had the tie with him just in <laughs> case. Went to a black tie thing in Ugo, with Ugo Monia the other week. Yeah. He turned up black jeans, black suede Chelsea boots black like dinner jacket and a black t-shirt underneath like a low plunging neck t-shirt he looked amazing yeah absolutely and a big gold watch like cheers boy i said yeah. i didn't know i didn't know if it's strict black tie or not i said whatever mate you look yeah i'm not afraid to say you look gorgeous and then uh called him up on the stage he had 63 caps and one try which is for scotland for, for a good for a good it's a good ratio that isn't it it's one try every 63 games Better mind. well done and then um, a lot of Scotland caps for a bloke from Swindon. Yeah, and he told um, he told a lovely story about um, rabbit killing in a Scotland camp, which was oh god, pretty good. Um, Twenty three point eight six win ratio for Scotland. Yeah, which is good if you're <laughs> Scottish. Yes, yeah, better than most. Uh, see, he was he was really good value. Um, but I listened to it, one of my mates listened to his pod just to find out what they talk about and. Um, he was saying that he was with Shanklin. You know, it's like saying I was with Flatman. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like someone in the media calling you, you know, yeah. Shanks. Why, why are you saying Shanklin? Yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. You weirdo. Hamilton. James Lee Hamilton. James Hangington. Yeah. <laughs> but it was great fun. Um, loads went on. Everyone got drunk. And it was a good win, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, I'm sure. Mirzi, when you, got, you get 42 England caps, do you ever think to yourself... If only I'd played for Scotland, that would equal 420 caps <laughs> and you'd be the most cap player in world history. 
Very, yeah, I do, I do. But then I also think about if you play that many games and you have to make that many tackles, your body's going to be ruined. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Uh, Look at it like that. That's so true. Making double amount of tackles. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about I was thinking about that the day and like Joe Marler's because on Saturday, Pig, we're doing Shanks and I doing this um, live pod in Twickenham. We're doing it with Justin Marshall and Joe Marler at this pub on Saturday morning. Really cool. And something I'm going to ask, brilliant. I'm going to ask Joe Marler about is um, I respect his decision to retire, but shouldn't he have waited until December? Because that's an extra hundred G's <laughs> going into Christmas. That's an extra hundred G's for four games, and he'd have been in all of them because he's so good. And Mako's injured, so when he would have been in him anyway, and Mako and Genji are injured, but he would have started all the games. It's like, 100 Gs, Can't bro. Wait. I want to hear that answer. Yeah. Nah, not for me. Yeah, I'd love it if he says no, but I bet he says yes. Did you see him wearing his T-shirt, shorts and boots? and Japanese riding boots. Yeah, yeah. on uh, BT. Oh, brilliant. I thought he was absolutely brilliant on that. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. He was excellent, yeah. excellent, excellent. But he's so honest, isn't he? I think nowadays, again, and we go back to all this stuff, but you, people don't necessarily realise the amount of pressures that are on oh, yeah. on the players and being away for that amount of time. So, And I love Joe because he is super honest. He would he? be a media liaison officer's nightmare, wouldn't he? Because, you know, especially after games, sometimes you've, you've just, you've got you've to be PC and you've got to say what, you're sort of told to say, but he will just go come out with pure emotion. He won't care, will he? Yeah, they played it. You like, say you say what he thinks. Yeah, it was like it wasn't a final. It was like a big game, one of the Twicken and big games, London double header or something. And we're doing the Channel Five highlight show. I'm doing it with Durders, and our producer Sam goes over and says to the media guy, "Can we have Joe Marler? Because he's captain of Quinns at this point. Can we have Marler and uh, Brad Brad Barrett, captain of Sarries or whatever?" Yeah. And to the Sarries guy, and it's like, yeah, it's like, tell you what, just grab Brad on the way past. And the guy's like, yeah, just grab Joe on the way past. It's fine. Because they're super chilled, these media guys. They're good guys. And it was like, Brad, can you have a quick chat? He goes, yeah, sure, guys. No worries. And you're like, Joe. He's like, yeah. And I'm going, can you have a chat? And he's like, no. <laughs> it's like, just a quick chat. No. No. And just walks in. And the media guy's like, oh. I mean, I can ask him. It's like, he's not going to say yes. What do you say no. to that, though? No. And he's it's also like, it's mind. not like you can say, look, you little shit, get out here because yeah. it'll knock your teeth out. So it's kind of, I love that. And this producer was like, I can't believe you said no. I was like, I love the fact that you said no. I know it would have made our show better, but <laughs> I love the fact how individually is. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A little bit of very interesting information for you listeners. We have the ITV Six Nations pod coming to you in February and March. Yeah. We're doing it again, aren't we? We're doing it again. Backed by unpopular demand. Yeah, through literally no popular demand whatsoever. Just they, I think they're really busy and they we just are gonna, said the same again. We're going to blast it though, mate. We are going to blast it. Wait, mate. Um, we want you to get on to that. When, it come, when time comes around, we'll keep you informed. But also, tickets for the England-Australia in association with Guinness live podcast will be on sale on Wednesday. Which is tomorrow. Um, which is Tuesday tomorrow, which is are. the 7th. So we want you to get online. We'll tweet the le- uh, link. We have got Justin Harrison coming in. Yeah. And and that will be fantastic. Main part of the show. What people tune in for. Download for. Rugby. Start off with Ireland, Italy. Out in Soldiers Field. Yeah, but let's just talk about the try. Because yeah. Jordan Lama, what a joke. What an absolute Hat-trick. joke. trick. What Richard Porter said, the prop, he said he makes fast people look not fast. It's, it's not so much for that, for that try, the third try I think it was, it's not so much the step inside that does it for me. It's the last step round the outside with a metre and a half. No room. No room whatsoever. Just that stop and go, the lateral step, and he's just got a huge amount of pace. I mean, to be fair, Italy were in there in the first half. It was only 14-7. And Campagnaro, he throws a horrible mm. intercept, mm. Um, which which is strange because I do really rate him. He's a great signing for Wasp, but what a poor pass. And um, Lama gets He's on the end of that. He's a top player, man. He is a top player. He's but 14-7 at, at half time. That's not a bad result for Italy, considering... First kickoff of the game, Stockdale runs the ball back what up, to the, up to the Italian 40-meter line. What a carry that was. Uh, but Tag Byrne, right? If if there was a Lions tour, he'd be on there, wouldn't he? Oh, he'd yeah. have to, he is phenomenal. He is phenomenal. And on the Tag, we want to go back to this game in a sec, but how is Tag Furlong not on the list for World Player of the Year? Mm. There's still never been a prop nominated for World Player of the Year. So how is Bowden Barrett's wonderful player... He's by nowhere near had his best year. Why is Bowden Barrett on that list and Tyg Furlong isn't? Yeah, don't get it. I don't no. get it. It's weird because he's a fly off Be- because New Zealand, because a lot of people just view tries and breaks and clean breaks and and moments of brilliance, whilst they not necessarily would view an amazing scrum as a moment of brilliance when it is. Yeah. And it should be. What a player, um, Conway. Conway um, on the wing mm. scored a try, but rewarded for really good form for Munster at the moment. Yeah, I love watching him play. Yeah. Um, but ended up 54-7. But how amazing would it be, lads, You know, if you got told you're playing international rugby and you're going over to Chicago to play? Yeah. How exciting would you be? Done it. So, Have you? Yeah. It was all right. Saxons? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. Um, lost, lost the T-shirt. Record was, attendance as well, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Good Google. Four um, million. Four million people went to the ground. That's pretty though, you know, this, for you. Like I loved what Joe Marler said on the BT um, Rugby Club. Is it called it's BT Rugby, rugby Tonight? Rugby Tonight. Just that you know, there's a lot of Irish. 
in America. There's a lot of Italians in America. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, Wales, yeah, Scotland, right. 21-10. Yeah. I don't know if you boys saw that. I mean, it was a bit... The whole game was a little bit underwhelming. It was rubbish. When you've got Gareth Anscombe, who's really attack-minded at 10, and you've got Adam Hastings, similarly, in Scotland, I think we all thought it was going to be a real open game. But then I think Wales really treated it like a proper test match. And you know, we, we were a little bit uncertain about if you know, the Welsh team were going to kick to corners or they were going to take the points... As it happens, they took the points, and you know, at one stage they were nine 0 up through three penalties from Lee Halfpenny. So you can sort of see how the game would unfold. Um, but you know, North scored a really good try. It really worked well. Just you know, coming from behind the ten, they put a block play on behind the twelve. Sucks in Hugh Jones, and you have to get your body right up close to tackle someone like George North. You can't be reaching for him. No, Hugh Jones gets sucked in, then goes out to reach for North. And because he's hitting the ball at pace, because he's got leg drive, he just goes bursting over and, and scores a lovely try. He probably should have scored one before where it gets uh, in the corner. Just doesn't lift his legs up. Yeah. You know, sort I of slides a bit. That. Yeah. You know, like we've seen uh, Thokken Singer. That's what I'm about to say. Thokken Singer yeah. would have finished that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I but, like seeing George North scoring tries for Wales again, though. Yeah, and Jonathan Davis tries really well worked off a line out. Uh, Gareth Anscombe takes it quite flat after getting a ball behind Hadley Parks, and sort of Dunbar gets sucked in. He sort of realizes that Hugh Jones gets sucked in then, and George North, uh, George, uh, John Davis, put my teeth in. If you're picking a world fifteen, and I want you to think about this, yeah, would you have Fox Day, John Fox Davis at thirteen? It'd be hard to pick someone else above him. Would, wouldn't it? It would. You think of all the other great 13s out there. Australia are searching for someone to play in that position. Falau, they've tried a few times, and he's a great player, but I wouldn't say he's probably a natural 13. I'd say he's more of a natural back three player. Mm. No one really in New Zealand that is regular and regularly playing. Crotty plays a bit. Yeah. They don't have a new Comrade Smith. Fekatoa, no. South Africa, I mean, Delande and, and Creel. <laughs> but, you know, has has he had the, the seasons like John Davis has mm. and done it at the level he has? So, if it's not Davis, it's Shanklin. But, <laughs> but Scotland, I mean, 21-10 probably doesn't reflect the whole game. Scotland had a couple of chances. Peter Horn drops a ball over the line. They get a penalty advantage and it's kicked over the top. I thought Scotland looked poor. I was disappointed. I mean, they had all the possession. Men against boys, it looked like. They, they, yeah. But they had all, yeah, they, the physical battle they lost. They had 60% possession. They had 64% territory. You know, Wales made load more tackles. But Scotland didn't really do anything with it. No. They didn't really challenge the line. And What I expect to see is creativity and a bit of flamboyance from them. And I didn't really see Especially that. when you've got Adam Hastings, who's been on fire. Yeah. In the, and he grew into the game. Um, you've got Hugh Jones, who's renowned at 13. You've got mm. Dunbar. They've missed someone like Hogg at 15, mm. I believe. Who's back now next week. But Your best mate. Yeah. But the big game of the weekend, let's just be honest. Yes. Okay. So this was, this was a England huge England against Springboks. I mean... Northern v Southern Hemisphere. That's why it's big. Yeah. I just... Springboks on great form as well. Mm. Without their English-based players. Yeah. So a couple of, we could talk about this ad nauseum. A couple of observations from my point of view. Brilliant. I saw you had a um, a big screen and a touch screen in the Quilter Lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not very good at working it. I leave that mainly to Oogs. Um, so a couple of observations would be England 
got beaten up. They lost the physical battle convincingly. The South African ball carriers were just making at points were just making yards at will. Um, Dealande, Jesse Crill had a good game, but Deal- Damien Dealande in the midfield was an absolute beast, he monster, absolutely wrecked the England midfield. Um, I thought Henry Stade actually had a good game. Ben Teo got better and better, but he was completely overwhelmed on the day by Dealande. So how England managed to win it, you could say I'm not quite sure, but I think they got lucky, and lucky's fine. That's not I don't. I love the fact that they won them English, but they got lucky because South Africa was so dominant. Pollard, at least the first half, at least his kicking game was beautiful. So they're in a great position, repeated in great positions. And Malcolm Marks, who's on the short list of five players for World Player of the Year, Uh-oh. overthrew three lineouts really, really badly to the point where, yes, he's throwing really poorly. He's miles. He's overthrown it by miles. But who keeps bloody calling it there? Call it somewhere else because yeah. the bloke's obviously, his confidence on the day is shot in terms of his throwing. He did nothing else throughout the game. How he wasn't subbed off, I don't know because even though he's great, he had a bad day. I think England got lucky with that. And then the thing at the end, the Farrell thing, I don't know how. All I say is... We'll come to that in a bit. Save that. We'll come to that yeah, in a fine. bit. I just like the fact that one of them was so overthrown. I think Farrell picked it up yeah. <laughs> over the top. But that's not a reflection of... How good Malcolm Marks is, though, is it? You know, he had an off day. No, everyone has a has an off day. Oh. Nowadays, <laughs> it's, it's easy here, isn't it? Sat looking over the race course. Well, I'd, never, never never do that. I'd never do that. <laughs> I never overthrew anything. <laughs> um, but I always used to think I was amazing that you don't miss more, didn't miss more throws, Mizzy, because I always thought you were so close to the ground that you couldn't actually see towards the back, see over me at the front <laughs> of the line out. So the lob it, the lob and hope. It was definitely close your eyes. And yeah, just... Steve Thompson could see to the back of the line out, but he's a foot taller than you. So <laughs> what were your thoughts on England? Uh, uh, with that being the punditry, the game of two arse, but in the first half I was in the stands and I was thinking, oh no, this is, you know, this is not the way it needs to go. But then I think once you saw a side under pressure um, as well because once we got ahead they were forcing stuff and that plays into yeah. that plays into our you know our hands and I, I thought that we'd hold on then but definitely in that first half how we weren't sort of fair play though like uh, on the 15 minutes right there's a cross field kick by South Africa and they catch it and then it was just it was an incredible defence for like the next two minutes what a take in the air yeah amazing defence yeah. but what a take Nicosia, yeah. I think it was but you know, they they eventually snuff that out, and it's like little instances like that. Yeah, I know it's early on, but change games. Yeah, yeah. and that's not luck; that's grit, organisation, and grit. That is. Yeah, that is They've sort of that. bodies yeah. on the on the line. Yeah, your jobs on it. Mm. They defended that well, and it's really impressive to see the boys fighting for each other. That tackle mm. that Marrow, that you know, where they caught that kick. I know he got Simbin for not rolling away, but to stop a guy that close yeah. to the line. That's was serious. Yeah. Phenomenal. Huge, yeah. huge. But the good thing, I suppose, if you're England and you support England, is the amount of clean breaks they made. They made 13 clean breaks compared to South Africa's four. So it's showing you that it wasn't. Yeah didn't reflect the score of 12 points, you know, no tries. They made a lot of breaks. There's probably more breaks than they made in three or four games put together. Mm. Um, and they look good. It's just a couple of opportunities they didn't take. I think Daly went through at one stage and potentially could have passed to Johnny May, but he yeah. steps inside. Brad Shields goes down the left again after really well-worked sort of phase play. And I don't know what he's trying to do with that ball. You know, well, he just ends up throwing it over his head. He went for the miracle didn't he? He did. By the way, if, he doesn't need to do that, though. No, he doesn't. If Mike Brown had gone, got got through on the out in the thirteen channel and not thrown that pass to Johnny May, he would have been battered in the press. 
Yeah. Elliot Daly not battered in the press. I don't want Elliot Daly to be battered, but... I know what I, you mean. I watched that game and thought, I love the fact that England are picking Elliot Daly anywhere because he's wonderful. Didn't have his best game, but... Apart I, from the 50-metre kick there. Which was, that was great. Yeah, but he didn't have his best game. No. But, you know, when, when South Africa worked that try down the right, you think when you think about... Um, it's Whiteley that gathers the ball and gives the last pass, isn't it? So he's the yes. big eight. Yes. Gets it. He doesn't just, not just quick hands. He gets it, gathers it a bit and gives it. So he's got half a second. I am going to hazard a guess and say that if Mike Brown was on the field, he would not have had time to gather that ball and make that pass because Mike Brown is a superior defender. Okay. Under the high ball, I would say Mike Brown is superior. If Mike Brown makes that break down the left and doesn't give that ball, he gets beasted all over social media Crucified. and in every paper. Crucified. So I just think... But that's because they're different types of players. Like everyone knows that Elliot Day is more creative and, and yeah. probably has better vision than Mike Brown, although he didn't choose to use it. Absolutely. Weekend, but a, so. better, a better, a more threatening attacking player. But my, my argument is that People, lots of people are very glad to see Mike Brown not in that team, I think. But, but if I, an, I would say he's got, he has got a place in that squad. If because, an up and under goes up and Elliot Daly drops it and it's fairly mm. simple, then Elliot Daly will get crucified. Whilst Mike Brown probably wouldn't as much because people know... Credit in the bank. ...how good he normally is. Yeah. Um, what I will say for that try as well, if you watch it, um, Johnny May's begging players and shouting for players to yeah. come round to the far side... If you just watch Henry Slade, who I think had a real classy game, yeah. he, he looked really silky, didn't really ball good, in didn't hand. He, yeah. he just stops behind that ruck for some reason, right behind that ruck. Now, Johnny May's corner, I think a toji goes round. Yeah. Slade is moving, but he just ends up stopping right behind the ruck. And I, I feel that he's, there's time for him to move round to get in the defensive line, which means everyone can shift along. And I don't know, I'm not sure why. Caught he, in two minds, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. potentially worried about a pick and go, but he, he ends up in a sort of scrum half position right behind that ruck when you don't really need anyone there because you're on the line anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. But anyway, so uh, Nicosi scores, doesn't he, in, in the corner. He, he looks good. But I suppose a massive talking point is is a few high shots. So there's one on George Cruz. Yep. Isn't there? Yep. Um, two South Africans end up sort of T-boning him. Yeah. That's very high. Johnny May gets one of the South Africans high around hit. the neck. Jesse Creel, wasn't it? Jesse Creel, I think so, at one stage. I mean, that's not picked up, but it doesn't look too obvious at the time. There are always going to be high tackles not picked up at the, at the, at the moment, I think. million percent agree, mate. Yeah. And it's what you know. It's easier to slow a yeah. video down and see how his arms around his neck. But it wasn't that obvious, but we've seen them given. Yep. in slow-mo but then the main one is um, Esther Hazen coming around with a 40 metre run up by the way have you seen and uh, decides to pick on Farrell have you seen Rassi Erasmus doing the coaching have you seen yeah. this thing on video yet so for the cameras Rassi Erasmus has been he's done this fake thing with a tackle bag and he's got Esther Hazen he's coaching him to tackle higher and higher and higher and in the end he just shoulder charges the top of this tackle bag and he's like perfect you got it he's teaching him I the mean, Farrell I, technique yeah, yeah <laughs> I, think that's, I, I think that's incredibly petty like, it's just a I, bit of fun, Tommy. I Cheer think up he was, you. I think he was quite petty after you as well. Humorless beast. He was quite sarcastic, and one of the press said, "Are you being sarcastic?" He goes, "No, no, no." Obviously, was. Um, you know, he just reacted to it and tried to stay calm. But you know, is it? I'm sorry. There's, a, there's you, another meaning to it. If you are, if you are the Springbok coach and you see that hit, yeah, and you're one point behind in a game you've dominated, it it takes it would take 
Barack Obama not to feel not to but not he's, to but he's portray your feelings. He's basically to saying it's high without saying it's high. So yeah, you know, I don't think it was just, high. Just or illegal, illegal. Yeah. Okay, so what's your thoughts on it? Go. I mean, this will be like this will be like a court. We'll have the uh, we'll have the prosecution. We'll have the defense. And if Mirzi, you know, don't sit on the fence. You've got to say what you think. Uh, what I would say is, um, my view is that it it was a shoulder charge, and okay. I know his left hand comes around a bit and almost grips the ball, but he's knocked him away so fast. So he's hit him so hard that he doesn't have time to grab him anyway. But that right arm with which he hits um, is making no effort to grab. And when he makes the impact, um, after the impact, there is his left hand goes towards the ball. But as he makes the impact, that is a pure shoulder charge. And I think for me, not high, but a shoulder charge. And um, I, I, two things I think. One is controversial um, which is fine the other one isn't I think you that collision happens 20 minutes in to the game so an hour earlier I would I'd be willing to bet my little finger on my right hand my least used finger my little finger I'd be willing to bet a finger that that would be at least a penalty 20 minutes into the game therefore it should be in the 80th minute because I don't because it should not be contextual games aren't you know you know for a fact games are ref differently in the 80th minute than they are in the the 20th shouldn't be but they are happens all the time shouldn't be all the time you know you think of all the pick and goes you think of all the people that are holding on the ball I mean the ref can relax in 20 minutes you know he can't relax when there's when the game's so close at the 80th minute he has to be certain so yeah but but it's that doesn't it may be natural, doesn't mean it's accept and excusable because nope. this is this was that the, will always happen though. You'll this never was the biggest that. game in rugby at that weekend. It's the biggest game in the world, and you shouldn't be refereeing the 80th minute different from the eighth. That's what I think. The Everyone other thing is, so. if you if you not all refs do, mm. I I you know I wouldn't I would say someone like a Wayne Barnes wouldn't very very calm seemingly at all times. Anyway, um, the other thing is that, and this is reasonably controversial, but that's fine. It could be absolute balls. But you have a Tongan making that hit or a Samoan or a Fijian making that hit. That is called a shoulder charge. I would be confident that is a shoulder charge. That is a South Sea Island, no arms tackle. You have Chrissy Halafia making that hit. But that's a bit more stereotypical view because they use that tackle and they have done for years and years and years. That's Yeah, I'm just saying. So is Owen Farrell, actually. But but I loved watching Owen Farrell at the weekend. I loved it. And the last 10 minutes... I think Stuart Barnes said in his column, or one of them, or Stephen Jones, the last 10 minutes of that game belonged to Owen Farrell. The penalty kick was brilliant, the ball mm. strip, and that killer hit. I mean, the the hit is illegal. It's meant to be a tackle, but that collision didn't win England the game. But I mean, geez, that settled it. Mm. And that is a major collision from a fly half. So I love the bravery of it. And I, you yeah. know, being completely open about it. It was brave. Because it, it, it wasn't high didn't hit him on the jaw. I love the hit, frankly. I love watching that. But I think it should have been a penalty and it would have been, you know, and that's under the circumstances I've listed. Mersey? He called you Morsey then. <laughs> well, Moira. Uh, the Moors murderer. Ian. <laughs> I definitely agree with, with with Flats in terms of if it was at a different point of the game, it would have been a, a different uh, different decision. But I'm the, I'm a rugby purist and I, and I want to see, the reason they brought that in is for safety. Last minute of the game, You've got a 40-metre run-up. Typical South African run at Owen Farrell rather than... Did you see the space either side of him? So in some ways, uh, as a a kid, you're always told, don't uh, don't get the referee to 
to you know make a win or lose decision, take control yourself. I, you know, I'd have been avoiding contact at that stage yeah. of the game. I mean, well, you got forty-two caps. <laughs> Do you know what though? I, I th- that type of tackle, I reckon, was the right tackle because if you go low and SA is come around there, you're gonna you're gonna end yourself. I think With those legs, and those yeah. hips, um, and. I mean, we won't we'll put this to bed in a minute now yeah. but for me there was and I know it's different a split opinion and this is this is where it's it's hugely grey with everyone um, there was enough arm grabber in that tackle for me for it to be legal it wasn't high so you can't say that no. I think the biggest issue is that everyone's worried about was the actual size of the collision looks worse because when Esther Hazen takes that ball into contact his lead leg is up so he's off balance so that's why I think had there not been that huge hit and that huge collision, and Estee, if he had a stronger base when he was entering contact, he would have dominated that contact and we wouldn't be having this huge argument. Um, my, um, my other worry is that you're not always going to tackle with your arm in 90 degrees. So you hit with your shoulder first, your arms come second. There's, no, there's not always going to be an instance where... He hit straight on. He didn't hit sideways, which you see a lot uh, in rugby league of the shoulder charge. You see, um, lot, who were the who were the brothers in Sydney? Um, Burgess. Burgess's brothers. A lot of them hit like that. They cl- they close their arm down Worse by the that. side, and and they they shoulder charge on yeah, the side. Serious hits. Yeah. Now you're allowed to tackle with your arm down by your side. It doesn't have to be up. You have to grab. You know, if he tackled around the waist in that same technique, you know that's. That's still a penalty then, if if that's what you're saying. He's got well, tackle like his a arm. chop tackle. Yeah, if that's what you tackle, but not not I'm not talking about a chop tackle. I'm talking about mm. sort of midriff there. But if you go no arms at the at the knees, that's illegal. But you can't. Chop, but one it? one you know you can use one arm to grab. He, I think he uses. I think it happens in such a split second. You know, it's not like he's hit and then decided to grab. This is all under a second. Yeah, um, I can I can see everyone's point. Honestly, I can. You know, it's <coughs> everyone's got a valid point and it's. Do you know I got a text on, on I got a text from a mate. I got text as well. I got a text from a better mate. I got you. loads. Well, Bill Clinton texted me. Yeah. So, and Barack Obama. Um, I got a text from a mate saying George Smith hits Jackson Ray, gets let off. Will Spencer hits Tommy Taylor, gets four weeks. Jerome Kano hits Jamie Roberts, gets five weeks. Owen Farrell hits Esther Hazen, gets let off. Can you explain? To complete the difference, can you explain? And actually, I'm not offering a solution here. I'm no. saying there is a real problem here. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, there's. I spoke to a ref, and he said that he thought the uh, Jerome Kano hit was legal. Yep. Um, yet he gets incredible amount. Was it five weeks? Five weeks. So, whatever the deciding commission are agreeing doesn't always necessarily reflect the views of the refs who are refing the game. So Will Spencer's got a month ban. Owen's got nothing. George yeah. Smith's got nothing. It, it's, so I, I, I haven't asked if I can use his name, so I won't. But I spoke to a, a very prominent referee, one of the world's best referees, and it was absolute. His opinion was absolutely no question that is a penalty at any other time of the game. It should have been a penalty against Farrell. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll leave this behind. And I, I'm, you know, I'm English, so I'm glad they won. I mean, who cares? But, but for the the greater good and I, I brought this question up about the Kano thing and he's like Kano that's not even a penalty mm. and George Smith that you know that is they've got that wrong that should be a ban that's a high shot and he got you know I was like so he's like well you're the, you're the best at doing these things they're not on the same page are they no 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 and it's not his fault it's not our fault it's not the player's fault actually but there, there is a nipple height 
tackle trial beginning this weekend, mm. isn't there? In who's playing in it? Is it the in the championship? There, there is, is it a, Richmond. Richmond, but they've got a basically a line across the jersey nipple yeah. height, and that is the height max height of the tackle. So, but the thing is, what I would ask is if George Cruz is playing against you, Pig, and you've got a line across your nipples, <laughs> apart from being you know, immediately and and absolutely aroused. How is George Cruz meant to repeatedly get down from six seven and tackle you if you're ducking into contact? It's tough, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to come out of retirement for that one. <laughs> yeah, this is perfect for you, like Wayne, Ro- like Wayne Rooney. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, got his own game. Mind you, Nugget had his own game for his hundredth cap. That's yeah, a joke. What a joke against the Barbars. Yeah, a joke. So Peter Jackson was going on about like uh, Peter Jackson, writer, saying that this game shouldn't be a test against Scotland. I'm like, well, you put on the jersey. Of course it should be a test. You're playing Scotland. You're playing good opposition. Yeah. I nearly bought out. Well, what about Nugget when they created a game for him against the Bar Pass? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, test, a test game. Exactly. But yeah, Rooney's got his own game, hasn't he? He's got yeah. a tribute game. So, I mean, um, I love that though. I, I didn't go for it. The bloke's a legend. They play in America. He plays in America. They're playing over in America. He's um, an absolute It's a friendly legend. as well. Yeah. So... They should, um, they should do it. They should do it for Bex. Do it for Bexy retrospectively. Do another one. Let's talk about games this weekend. Um, Mirzy, I want to hear. Got your to thoughts make this quick now because Piglet's got. I want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on um, Italy, Georgia. Joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> England, New Zealand this weekend. Will there will there be many changes? Are England going to do it? I think uh, I don't think there'll be many changes. I think um, Eddie will be pretty happy with the win. You saw it. You, I didn't think I'd ever see him jump up and down on a sideline for a win. So I think there was a lot of relief in that game. Mm. Um, and then he'll, um, you know, he'll he'll have given those guys the opportunity, and then he'll give them the reward to go out and show themselves against uh, the All Blacks. Unless he's got a little card up his sleeve, as we know he he can do. But I think he'll be Mario sitting aside. Manu, Manu, yeah, if Manu can stay fit. I, you know, I would have liked to see Manu on the field, actually. But so, but against the All Blacks, oh my goodness, that uh, the All Blacks, uh, you know, B team against Japan was pretty impressive, wasn't yeah. it? And as were Japan. Yeah, they did actually. Do you reckon uh, Tulane would come in for Tio, who was no nope. fairly quiet? No, no. I you can't pick Tio out of nowhere and then drop him after one yeah. hard game. Leave him in for the whole series because I, you know, I. I personally would leave it the same. I would change. I would change. Actually, did I get that wrong? Is, did Tuilani not even make the bench? He because was, he was, he was injured. Yeah. injured. He would have come yeah. off the bench. If he's fit this week, I'd have him on the bench, of course. Okay. Um, but I'd leave it as it is at, at 9, 10, 12, 13. But I would, I would consider... The um, thing is... Would you have him on the bench though? Because Chris Ashton was sniffing the ball out. That's he, the thing, Pig. That's what I'm about to say. His, honestly, his positive running lines. Do you know what? I, that's what I'm about to say. I just said I'd obviously have Manu on the bench. I think I probably wouldn't because Elliot Daly can fill in the midfield and be great. And actually Ashton and Noel, I, Noel a, a couple of things. Right, you got me started. You got me started now. <laughs> but I lo- Jack Noel and Johnny May, you can't leave out. Because okay. I think they're different players, but they're great. Chris Ashton off the bench was fab. His running lines were great. Work rate was great. Um, Daily, I think you pick again because if, if he gets it right, he's sensational. Um, and he all, he almost always does get it right. It wasn't a brilliant game last week. And weekend. he's got that massive bazooka kick as well. Yeah, which, which is really helpful. Yeah. Um, so I I like that. I like all those combinations. And the other day in the in the quilt, quilter suite with Ugo, Nolly just walked in towards the end. She wasn't there for an appearance. She was just walking past and walked in to say hello to me and Ugs. So I, we got her on stage for an impromptu Q&A and she made a really good point. We're like, right, what happens at fullback? What do you do if do you have to have so-and-so on the bench? And what if Daly gets injured? Who goes to full, whatever? She said, I would try Jack Knoll at fullback. He's really good under the high ball. He's brilliant defensively. He's got 
comfortably enough speed to be an international fullback because he's an international winger. He's loads of... and. What about kicking though, mate? Yeah, wondered about the kicking, don't know. But I like the idea of at least Jack Knoll covering fullback. I think he could. Definitely, you know, you'd rather... Put my teeth back in. You'd rather have him covering full uh, fullback than you would Johnny May. He's more of a natural rugby yeah. player, I'd say. And yes. Probably a little bit better positionally. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Maybe, but I, that, that was, I thought it was really interesting. So yeah. I thought, yeah, okay, that's an interesting one. But up front, um, there was just there was just a little bit of Eddie Knows Best about the selection. And I thought, well, in the front row, because you've got Moon and Hepburn, and I thought, well, Chiefs are a high-performing pack. Hepburn's not big, is he? No, he's not a big guy, no. No. He's very good, but not, yeah. not very big. So he's Hepburn is always on the bench for Moon, and Moon starts, not always, but at the moment because Hepburn is better in the loose and he's a more dynamic impact against tired teams. But Eddie knew better and swapped them around. And actually it was an error because the South Africans have a heavyweight pack. Malherb is a very heavy guy at tight head. And it's easy to say, but anyway, long story short, I would start Moon this weekend and have Hepburn on the bench. And I would also start Williams and have Sinclair on the bench. Because I think Hepburn and Sinclair have a bigger impact off the bench than Moon and Williams. That's yeah. not because I think one's better than the other, I do think Harry Williams deserves to start. I think he's a, I think he's a turning into a top, top prop, just quietly, really, really good. But that's how I would do it. And in the back row, I would, if Curry is fit, I would pick Curry at seven. Again, if his ankle's better, I would pick Wilson at six and I would pick Mercer at eight. And I would leave out Brad Shields. That's what I would do. We'll post that team on um, social media later, shall we? Yeah, so you slags me off. <laughs> I think Zach, Zach, uh, against the Kiwis, you know, with his footwork, and you saw the the impact that he made when he came on. I think that's a that's a good call, Flats. Uh, Kieran Reid's on the market. He's not going to re-sign with the or New Zealand RFU after the World Cup. I reckon he, he'll struggle for a club. He <laughs> <laughs> he is going to be able to buy New Zealand by twenty twenty two. I know, right, Mizzy, We we will let you get off. It's Thank you very much. For having three me. o'clock. It's been lovely to see you. Yeah, we'll crack on a little bit with this. We've got um, more to do, have we? Well, we've just got to cover Wales v Australia. Cool. All right, Pig, you go, mate. You just you save yourself, yeah? Thank you, gents. Just hold on to that damn chopper. That's a, that's a line from Predator. Cheers, Piglet. Well, well done, mate. mate. Give Shanks that mic. There you go. See you, Pig. Oh, yeah, I'll actually do it now. Hang on, guys. Mears is just leaving, but as he leaves, I'm just going to video him doing a... Uh, I'll put it on social media. I'm going to video him doing a handstand. Go on then, Piglet. Yeah, do what you want, our kid. From the, from In his smart gear, ex-England hooker. Look oh, at that. Do another one then, go on then. Come on, you pygmy. Oh, Look at that. nice. Well done, pig. Handstand press up. Well done. Looking fit, mate. Looking fit. Yeah. You look fit, yeah. That's CrossFit good. for you, isn't it? That's CrossFat for you, isn't it? Yeah. Gymnastics. gymnastics. Doing gymnastics now, you piglet. Got your bagger awards, have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Wales-Australia. Wales-Australia. Um, I don't know if you watched much of the Wales game. Watched you all of some it? of it? All well of done. it. Now, this is, this is huge. What's huge? Mirzy, this game. You know, Scotland was a... Was a was a warm up, I think, to this game. Now everyone's back. You've got the 
French, I don't know if there's any French, um, English-based players yeah. eligible to play. Do you, the, do you go with Dan Bigger? Do you go with Gareth Anscombe? Um, Liam Williams is back fit. Where does he fit in? Anywhere he wants, mate. Well, I like him at 15. And the Lions liked him at 15. And we saw one of the greatest tries ever. Lions, I think, I can't remember if they beat or drew. I think it was the second test. They beat New Zealand. And that was all started off from Liam Williams. But Lee Halfpenny defensively does incredible. Yeah. Like, positionally there's nothing better yeah but do you go with a player that i suppose is 60 percent defense 40 percent attack or the other way around i think if you're a fan you go liam williams if you're a selector and head coach you go lee halfpenny mm. that's what i think boy yeah that's what i think but i want liam williams in that team you can't not have him in the team yeah so who does he replace on a wing then morgan Replaces Morgan on the wing. Um, Got quite, to, isn't he? Quite a quiet game for him. George North was... I mean, no one really stood out in that game. Mm. Like, Hadley Parks probably didn't have the best game. He was quite quiet. I wouldn't say it was the worst. I wouldn't say he was bad, but he was quite quiet, quiet really. Yeah. John Davis was pretty active in there. I'd start with Gareth Anscombe. Over, Anscombe, Hadley Parks. Over, over Dan Bigger, because we know what Dan Bigger can bring. We yeah. know what a great competitor John Davis, is. George North, Liam Williams, Lee Halfpenny. That's our team, isn't it? Potentially could be, yeah. I think that's it. I think that's Nine. the back line. Uh, Gareth Davis. I don't think Reese Webb's being released. There was mm-hmm. talk of him. Yeah. You know, potentially going on loan to a club during yeah. um, Six Nations and World Cup period, but I'm not sure he will. Um, I think Corey Hill will start with Alan Wynne-Jones. I think the back row will be pretty similar. Ken Owens will start. So, the Sheriff. Yeah. I mean, but just Australia... Are they going to beat them, Tom? Well, Australia, okay, they won two games in the Rugby Championship and that doesn't reflect where they are as a team, as a nation because of the the level of competitiveness in that Rugby Championship. You know, you're playing New Zealand. It's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. South Africa, all on, both on form at the moment. Argentina, yeah. on form at the moment. You know, Falau, where does he play? Kurtley Beale. Yeah. You know, the, Will Genia. Um there's there's just quality or Pocock Hooper, yeah. It's it's everywhere in that team. They're a team that really attack. They, yeah. they play in the wide channels. Um, Sakopi Kepu, amazing. You players, can't you really. can't just defend against them the whole time and rely on half penny to kick his goals. Otherwise, they'll just take you to the cleaners. You've got to go and score tries. We've got to. And I mean, that was quite pleasing against Scotland. Was that we did go out and we looked like we wanted to yeah. run through the line. We were taking it flat and we worked some well work tries but I think it's going to be a real tough ask on the weekend mm. there's no there's no doubt they can do it but they're going to have to play to that 90 95% level through the full 80 otherwise Australia will run away with it um, Ireland Argentina I think Johnny Sexton could be back Joey Carberry I mean what a, what a great position for Joey Carberry to learn his trade now off Johnny Sexton because yeah. obviously Sexton's coming to the end of his career you know, he's no, he's not a spring chicken, but what knowledge he's going to pass on to Carberry is just invaluable. It's going what to be a brilliant. Model he I is. know, I know. Fantastic bloke. And it? then we've got France, South Africa. Um, not quite sure how to call that one. No, but again, fascinating to watch because you know what's coming from the spring box. Well, Faf de Klerk will be back. Villiers Leroux. Yeah. Should Francois be back. Lowe. Yeah. So you, you know what's coming from the spring box. Power. 
and intensity. Huge amount of power. Huge, loads of power. There was loads, more than I thought actually at the weekend. But we don't know what the French are going to do and that just makes them fascinating to watch. Do you know what worried me slightly against, if you're English, against England is that England defend really tight. So South Africa were playing moves. I think it possibly was off a scrum and it was just a miss too. Right, so it was just 10 to 12. I think it was Delande threw a miss pass, hit the 15, and it was too easy to get on the outside of England. Now, they didn't mm. score from it. They're not a team, you know, you're not going to get cut by a team like that. But if you watch it, all the England defence is just their backs are turned, they're running diagonally to the corner flag. And it's just too, it's too easy yards to give them. Mm. A miss two is simple. You know, you, there's no, there's not one really running a decoy line it's just a short pass a wide pass into that channel but they get on England's outside way too easy it's just the way England defend and you know if you, if you review that game it's just like you would take that every single time that's a gain that's a 30-40 metre gain easy mm. um, so you know the way you cut that off is either your, either your line speed's quicker and you're putting more pressure on that 12 so we can't get a pass away and we've got a winger then in the 12th site. If a winger's in the 12th site, he's not going to throw the pass because it will be intercepted. Or you just defend wider. Mm. But yeah, food for thought. Food for thought. I'm excited to watch that. That's a long podcast, but it's always a little bit longer when we've got a guest on. Yeah, it's nice that. Good to see little Piglet. Yeah. Looks in good nick, doesn't he? He does. You know, he looks after himself. He which, does. He's great which nick. I, I sort of wish I had that discipline. I resent it. I'll be honest with you, I resent that. I mean, I'm... I'm Got, at the moment, I've got my head that I really want to be healthy and eat healthy. But then last night, you know, about eight o'clock, I was watching Informer. Have you seen it on BBC? Seen it all. Watched, finished it. Brilliant. Very good. Loved it. Yeah. I just, I ended up having like 10 cheese and crackers. I know. You fat pig. I, I know. You're a fat pig. I know. I know. But diet starts Monday, right? Yeah, exactly, boy. Exactly. Um, right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you next week, then. Ta-ta. 